Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Christmas is the greatest day in the whole wide world. It is Christmas Eve, and we are going to celebrate being young and being alive. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. To kindness and love, the things we need most. You can't hurt Christmas, Mr. Mayor, because it isn't about the, the gifts or the contests or the fancy lights. And that, that's what Cindy's been trying to tell everyone. Just remember, the true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? I love that montage. Thanks to our creative team who put that together. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you. It, uh, those films, they're, they're fun. They're part of our tradition, right? Culturally, we watch these films. They make us feel good and warm, and there's some great moral virtues that come out of these films, and yet they're there's a character that's missing in most of them. The main character of Christmas is missing in most of them. The person of Jesus that John chapter 1 talks about, the, the person of Jesus that Isaiah 9 points to. If you have a Bible, let me ask you to open it to the book of John chapter 1. This Advent series, it's all in the Gospel of John and the first chapter and the first eight verses. And so I'm going to read for us right now uh, Isaiah 9 because it points to John 1. Isaiah said this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. It just begs the question, is there anybody here this morning living in a place of deep darkness? Of course, darkness is this metaphor for hurting people, for feeling helpless, hopeless, right? Darkness is that metaphor that uh, buries us in discouragement. When I'm buried in discouragement, life, it feels dark, when I feel alone, when I wonder if my friends are real friends or deal friends, life can feel kind of dark. Uh, darkness certainly feeds my fears, the uncertainty of the future. 
our world with wars, with stress, with politics, and how that strains relation. It can feel like there's a deep darkness right now in our world. And Isaiah, let me, let me read it again, because back then they were feeling it, and we're feeling it today. The people who walk in darkness will see. That's the promise of Jesus. He said, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will, not might, will shine. The promise of God is that he would send a light, the light, into the world. And so now we go to John chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. Last week we looked at the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then down in verse 14, and the Word became flesh. John describes the Word, the Logos, as a person the person of Jesus. And so he goes on in verse four, it says, the word gave life. I just gotta pause there. He's the life giver. The word, he's the life. When you look at Jesus, he's not trying to rob you, to rip you off, to keep you from experiencing a full, meaningful, abundant life. John reminds us that the word gave life. He gives life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. This light is open to you and to me this Advent season. His life, the life of Jesus, it brought light and it continues to bring light to everyone. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. Verse 9, the one the one, the one and only, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's what we celebrate this Advent season. The one who is the true light. I wonder if you've discovered the true light. I wonder if you know this person in the Bible. His name is Jesus. He's the true light who gives light to everyone. That includes you and me. And we need this light more than ever, don't we? Because our world can feel very, very dark. I'm gonna just frame this little talk this morning. Three ways that the light of Jesus, three ways that the light of Jesus can change your life and my life. Three ways that the light of Jesus can change your life and my life. And there's kind of the darkness and the light are juxtaposed in this message. We talk about the darkness of something and then the light that Jesus brings. And so when the light shines in the darkness of being stuck, I can experience hope and peace. The darkness of being stuck. Stuck. 
Anybody stuck this morning in a season of darkness? I just can't, I just can't go on anymore. You keep thinking, maybe, maybe I'm at the end of it. You just feel like, this is it, I'm giving up. I can't, I can't endure, I can't keep going. It might be stuck in a season of infertility, stuck in a loveless marriage, stuck in years of feeling far from God, stuck in years of not being in a relationship, or since you lost a loved one, it just feels like my life just has this cloud of darkness over it and it's not going away. I can't snap out of it. Stuck. Stuck. In a season of another. Another round of chemo. Another divorce. Another you fill in the blank. Stuck in the burden, the shame of, of financial debt and just feeling buried and like, I, I, how am I gonna get out of this? Credit card debt, student loan debt, you know, you name it. Think about this time of year, stuck in family, strained, difficult relationships and Gotta go hang out with my family, and uh, it's it's clunky, and it's awkward, and it's it's abrasive, and it's just walking on eggshells, and it feels dark. It doesn't. It's not life giving. There's not a person in this room that that hasn't experienced the darkness of a season of life where you're just you you can't seem to shake it or snap out of it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is a word of hope for us. Paul says this, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness. Now listen to this. He's made this light shine where? In our hearts. In our hearts. So we could know the glory of God that's seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Look at this next verse, verse seven. We, those of us who believe in Christ, we now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves were like fragile clay jars that contain this great treasure. And this makes it clear that our great power, it's from God, it's not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. What is Paul saying? He's saying that light that shines in your heart and in my heart, it gives us the ability, the strength to persevere, to keep going, even though we can't snap out of it, even though we're stuck in this season of darkness. We don't know when it'll end. We don't know when there'll be a new beginning. 
the promise of God is that his light that shines in our hearts will help us find our way, will help us take the next step. We can see tomorrow, and we can trust that he's in charge, and we can trust that he knows what he's doing, and we can trust that he hasn't given up on us yet, even though it feels dark around us. We're walking in this season of deep darkness. And John chapter 1 verse 4 reminds us his life brought light to everyone. He knows what he's doing. The question is, will you trust him in this season where you feel stuck in the darkness? Will you trust him? Here's the second reflection. When the light shines in the darkness of my secrets, I can experience healing and joy. Remember reading a little book back when I was a new Christian in the late 70s, Dr. Paul Turnier, and he said this, he said, nothing makes us so lonely as our secrets. Remember that? Paul Turnier, Dr. Paul Turnier, nothing makes us so lonely as our secrets because we feel unknown. You don't really know me. And we feel unloved. And we're filled with the fear of being found out, caught. And the light of Jesus helps me to see where I've lost my way. The light of Jesus shines a spotlight in the darkness of my sin and selfishness and secrets so that I have a chance to deal with them, to confess them, to own them and say, God, forgive me. The light of Jesus, it brings conviction in my soul and my spirit, not condemnation, but conviction. That aha of I'm not walking the path, the best path for my life. And the light of Jesus can bring healing and joy if I'm willing to come clean, if I'm willing to bring my secrets into the light of God's grace and mercy that promises to forgive. So you're thinking to yourself, well, what secrets are you talking about? Well, let me tell you three that I think uh, are in this room this morning. I don't know, but I know. I don't, I don't know. But I know, here's three secrets. The secret of holding on to bitterness and resentment. First John chapter two, it says, if you keep hating your brothers and sisters, you're walking in the dark. If, if you keep holding on to bitterness and resentment secretly, it, it leaks out of you, you're in the darkness. You're not living in the, the lightness of freedom, allowing the Holy Spirit to heal the hurt, the rejection, the abandonment, whatever it was, right? But this, and I don't know your story, but, but resentment and bitterness are rooted usually in hurt, betrayal, abuse, abandonment, neglect, right? 
And I wonder this morning if today might be the day that you say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to live this life anymore. I'm not going to stay in the prison of resentment and bitterness, but I'm going to let the light of Christ shine into my heart and heal that hurt, that wound, so that I can now love in a bigger way, in a healthier way. There's a second secret. It's probably a more obvious one. It's the secret of addiction. Painkillers are just continue. I, I was just reading this week. I mean, they continue to skyrocket in our country. The addiction to painkillers. And that's usually a secret. We're not usually the kind of people that go, hey, did you know what? I'm taking this many pills to deal with the pain. Spending too much money, another secret. We spend more than we make, and there's a secret to it, and it's shameful, and it's dark. Gambling secrets, unwanted sexual behavior secrets, alcohol secrets. I mean, I can go on and on and on, but it's ruining, it's robbing my life and your life. And the light of Jesus this Christmas promises to bring us hope that God wants to heal that pain that's in there that we're medicating, that we're, whatever it is in there that we're, we can, that compulsive behavior that we can't seem to control. And then here's a third area of secrets. Secretly living a deceitful life. It's just thinking, wait, in, in church? In a room like this? Ha, we're Christians. We're not, there's nobody in here living a deceitful life. And I'll just uh, list a few affairs. I don't know, but I, I'm going to guess somebody in here is having an affair. Maybe, maybe you're in the same room. Maybe there's two of you in the room. I don't know. I just know the statistics. Fraud scams, lying on your resume, telling false stories about your life. I read something that just caught my attention this week. Thomas Randall. Thomas Randall. Anybody, that name familiar with anybody? March 2021, so just a couple years ago. He was dying of lung cancer, and he made a stunning confession to his daughter. And here's what it was. He said, I've been a fugitive for 50 years. It's like, what? When he was 20, he robbed a bank, got away with it. The amount that he got was the equivalent of $1.7 million today. For the last 50 years, he changed his name, by the way. His real name was Theodore Conrad. And he confesses this to his daughter on his deathbed. She's since written a book about it. But now just sit in that deceitfulness his whole life. And now, 
in this room, we're little microcosms of that, our little deceitful things. I've come across people just in the last few months that aren't really who they say they are. Now, the good news of the gospel is we don't have to live that way. We can move into the light. We can let the light heal heal us of that lie, that deceitfulness, that pretending, that posing. This quote I read, gosh, must have been 15 years ago. I hate this quote. I hate it. But because I hate it, I'm going to share it with you because I hope it, I hope it just kind of pokes the bear in you. Here it is. It's a pastor in Brooklyn, A.R. Bernard. He put it this way. He said this, God will deal with you privately first with the hope that he doesn't have to deal with you publicly. Ooh, do you understand what that means, friends? I'm going to read it again. God will deal with you privately first with the hope that you'll come clean, that you'll be honest, that you'll step into the light and say, God, forgive me. God, I want to walk on your pathway. God, I don't want to live a lie. I don't want my daughter finding out that I'm not really who I say I am. Psalm 34, verse 5. Those who look to him for help, that's you, those, that's you and me, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. When I'm living in the shadows of the darkness of a deceitful life, my life is not radiant with joy. Do you want to live a new life? Your life, my life, we can be different. Those who look to him, to God for help. God, help me. Help me get out of this darkness. Help me. We will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Psalm 34, 5. Man, underline that. And then 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 from the message. If we admit our sins... Simply come clean about them. He, God, he won't let us down. He will be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us, cleanse us of all wrongdoing. He does the forgiving. We just have to come clean. We have to get honest. If we want to walk in freedom and in joy and in peace and in hope, we have to invite the light of Jesus into the secrets so that we can walk out of this place in the light as he is in the light. Here's my third reflection. And it's when the light shines in the darkness of my false self, I can experience real love and and belonging. The false self. I was introduced to the false self. Gosh, I was a youth pastor back in the 90s. I did a 24-hour retreat with a guy named Brennan Manning. Some of you know that name. And he wrote a book, talked a lot about the false self. He said, you know, the false self is more bogus than bad. 
It pretends to be more than it is. Pretends. False self. Pretends to be more. I wonder if that resonates with you. Pretending to be more than you are. Here's the quote from Brennan. The false self is preoccupied with acceptance and approval. Because of the need to please others, we overextend ourselves with people and projects and causes motivated by the fear of living up to others' expectations. Can't imagine that uh, applies to anybody in this room this morning here in lovely Santa Barbara. The light of Jesus wants to set us free from that prison of the false self. Moving into the light of the true self, of who Jesus says you are, right? It feels like the last, I don't know, 10 years, there's been a whole kind of emphasis on identity. And, you know, don't just, it's not about knowing who, but knowing whose you are. You are God's beloved child, son, and daughter. Ah. You know, we have an enemy, the Bible says. John chapter 10, the thief, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it full and abundant. But the thief, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy you, your spiritual life, your identity. The enemy wants you to believe that you're not worth it, that you're not wanted, that your life doesn't matter, that you suck, that you fill in the blank. You're a loser. Nobody really loves you. If they knew you, they would love you, and that's why you're living the secret life. The enemy whispers, don't ever be yourself anymore because nobody likes you as you are. Invent a new self that everybody will admire, but nobody will know. Fitting in is a defense against pain. And the light of Jesus comes and shines his spotlight into my, John Ireland's false self, and shouts to me and to you, I see you. I love you. I see you. And I love you. And you're enough. And I want you in my family. And I want you on my team. And I want us to be friends. What's he saying? Saying, be your true self. Who I created you to be. A child of God. Last story, and then I'll wrap this up. Many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with that research report, book, article of the hospice nurse who revealed the top five regrets that people have at the end of death. The number one regret of people at the end of life. The one most common regret of all is this. 
I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected me to live. That's the false self, the people-pleaser life, the one you expect me to live, and I'm trying to measure up, and I'm walking on eggshells around some of you, and I'm paranoid, you know, it's that, that, that's a dark place to live. And it's the most common regret of all, of people that are on their deathbed. They're like, I wish I wouldn't have made those choices. Why do I care so much about what you think of me? I mean, that's, in a, that's what they're saying. That's the false self, rather than the freed up self that is loved by God, forgiven by God, created by God, gifted by God. The God who says you're deeply loved, you're my child, you are enough. I adore you. You're worth it. And that's why I went to the cross to die because you're worth it. Because you're worth it. So let me close with this thought. Every one of us in this room is left with a choice. Are we going to live in the darkness or are we going to live in the light? Are we going to choose the darkness of not trusting God in the season of being stuck? The darkness of choosing to live the secret life? The darkness of the false self? Or today, 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 right now, December, today, I get to make a choice to choose the light that leads to life that leads, he's the life giver. And today, I get to make that choice. I want to follow the light. I want that light, the light of Jesus, to shine in my heart again, to heal me, to give me peace and joy and forgiveness and hope. What about you? What about you? I want to invite the band to come up. What about you? Your life could change today. You get to choose. Today, today's a, a day of choosing. Am I going to choose the darkness or the light? So much life in the light. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, we invite you right here, right now in real time. Here we are, December 2023. And I'm praying right here, right now, that in this moment, there are many that will look back on this moment. This was the moment I changed the trajectory of my life because I made a decision to choose the light rather than the darkness. To trust in the life giver, Jesus Christ. To be thoroughly cleansed 
of my poor choices, of my secrets, of my deceitful life. Thoroughly healed and set free from the false self, living in fear of others and doing whatever I need to to fit in and be accepted. And, and today can be the day, Lord, I pray that it would be the day for many where they, we experience the freedom of leaning in and embracing the true self, the real life that you offer, walking in the light of who you've made us to be. And Holy Spirit, I wanna just pray for that one person who's stuck in a season of darkness. They're in this room, they're feeling helpless and hopeless, and I pray that you'd show up, that you'd draw near, that you'd come close, that you'd shine brightly where there's distress and despair and deep darkness, would you miraculously, supernaturally shine your light? Fill that person with hope. Bring help. Bring resources. Bring love and friendship and belonging and encouragement and strength and perseverance. Bring and breathe the spirit of Jesus. I'm just grateful, God, that in this church, we're, we're a people that don't want to just go through the motions. We don't want to play religion, but we want to do business with you. We want healing. We want breakthroughs. We want to be the new creation. And so, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're the one who makes the darkness tremble. You are the one, when you show up and shine your light, that you bring light where there's darkness. And I pray that you would do that for me and for us as a community. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. We're going to have a prayer team uh, coming into the uh, front corners. It just maybe, maybe there's somebody after hearing a message like that, right? Might say, wow, I, I want to come and, and receive a blessing or receive uh, a prayer. You're in a season of your life that it feels dark. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to pray God's light into your life. So let's stand together as we sing. And invite you to respond. Again, we say it so often, but you know, here's the here's the, the here's the incorrect response. Here's the incorrect response. Where am I going to lunch? Okay. The correct response is my heart's tender, it's been touched, and now I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get prayer. Even if it means going up to a prayer person and doing this. That just means you have a secret. And you're not going to tell it to that person. You don't have to, but just say, would you just pray for me? Maybe some of you just need to go up to the prayer person and just do this. That's all the courage you have is to come forward and do this. Just do this and let the Spirit of God do the work in your heart as that person prays over you. So when you're ready, come and let us pray over you and let's sing together.